0: Hello, and welcome to Someday Will All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I'm a hospice social worker. A tiny bit of housekeeping before we begin is that you'll notice that this recording is much more clear. I think I finally figured out the problem, but it was after I recorded this long session with Julia. So although she is very clear, which is the most important part to me, um, I do sound like I'm in the background. So hopefully... After these episodes with Julia, that will not be happening anymore. Today, I am serious when we talk about all the things. I have a family friend on today named Julia. And what started out as only a half a page of notes ended up being a four hour talk about just about everything. I'm going to title this 60 trips around the sun because 60 is Julia's last birthday. She just had that this summer and that is kind of what sparked this talk so please hang in there join us for this first two hours if you like what you hear next week i will put out part two of 60 trips around the sun so hang in there buckle up and enjoy
1: not a significant source of saturated fats trans fats cholesterol dietary fiber vitamin d calcium iron and potassium (laughs) In the old days, when I was young? Probably your age. When you were young? Yeah, when I was young, probably your age. Uh, we didn't have a, all this shit. I, know. I mean it, seriously. This is all
0: the crap we're putting on our body.
1: No, no, what I'm saying is, no, you didn't, you didn't, like, have things with labels that had more than five ingredients in them. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, and that's supposed to be the organic one, the good one. Can you believe
1: yeah. that? Yeah, I do. This, this one's not bad. Probably fewer
0: ingredients in the...
1: Yeah, this Big name brand. this one, this one's not bad. I mean, I I know bad when I see it. I okay. sometimes don't. I sometimes do. not I, I ate something the other day that was supposed to be uh, organic and vegan and non-GMO and blah blah blah. I I consumed it and uh, within five hours I was uh, violently vomiting. Oh my god! It was horrible. Okay, when are we gonna turn this on? We're
0: gonna turn it on now because I already started recording. <laughs> Welcome, Julia. Hello. Julia is a dear friend of Dad's, I guess, first, right? Mom yeah. and
1: Dad. Yeah, your dad and I work together. Um, is it okay to say where we work? You can say it. Okay. Your dad and I work together uh, making big airplanes at the Boeing Company.
0: The
1: big Lazy bee? Uh Factory. We don't like that phrase. Uh, <laughs> factory uh, in Everett. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciated your dad because he was one of the only men that would talk to me since I was the only woman on the crew. You know what I mean?
0: That's just dumb. But yes, I do unfortunately know what you mean.
1: Also, he was one of the only men that didn't have naked pictures of women on his toolbox.
0: I believe that too. Yeah. Being a female working in a male dominated profession more than once as you have.
1: Yeah. Yes. He's, he's classy class classy guy.
0: He's a good guy. He's yeah. actually been on the podcast.
1: Really? hmm What did he talk about?
0: What did we talk about? I'll have to go back and look now. It's been mm-hmm. a
1: while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised I got him on. There was a lot of stuff he could have talked about. <laughs> I've got some fun stories.
0: I'm excited to hear your stories. That's exactly <laughs> why you're on. So the other day, you were here talking to the parents and you were talking about many different things. And this is what made me want to have you on, because you're a fascinating character mm. and just a good person in general, which Aww. is always a good thing to have on the podcast. Oh. thank you. Uh, you're welcome, and I mean it. Uh, but you, we started out the conversation talking about your work to avoid hypocrisy, which I absolutely love, mm. and why it cost you $900. Would you like to tell that story?
1: Um, yeah, sure. So, uh... I, I'm not I'm not, I'm not. clear how much detail to add. Now, I have a Spanish background. I'm, I'm from a Hispanic family, so I don't know if you know about us. Let me explain. We will add details to the point that we are circling all the way around a story. Imagine in your mind a big circle happening. You really want to get to the center of this circle, but you're doing it in a spiral format, and you're giving all kinds of detail to the point that my spouse regularly says, Get to the punchline. <laughs> you know, I love it. Okay, so I am gonna go ahead and, and give you some details around this. So I I had been um, pretty unhappy about the results of the election. You know i I didn't um, I didn't know what I know now. So at the time, I was just really spooled up about stuff like why won't he show us his taxes and stuff like that, right? So um, uh, a while ago, I learned that frequently when we're super angry about something, it's a reflection of us. Mm -hmm. There's some detail in our lives that that resonates with that thing that we can, on occasion, consider atrocious or, you know, just unacceptable. And so if we spend some time examining it, we'll actually have it revealed to us what it is about us that's causing that to uh, be such a an emotional fissure.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So, um, the taxes thing. All right, so let's speed the story up a little bit. My <laughs> brother bought a car, and the car um, was for a, a soon-to-be-failed relationship. And uh, the, the woman was gone, and he, here he's got this spare car that he's paying for that he's pissed about every time he looks at the car or every time he makes a payment on the car blah 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 and yours truly was actually in the market for a car i'd saved up a bunch of money it was my intention to buy a tesla but i was still kind of going this way and that way about buying a tesla so um at that plus you know you drive something off a showroom floor and it it loses like
0: find out what's going on with this dog so, that's a really cool setup. You
1: were talking about a Tesla. Yeah, I was going back and forth about a Tesla because, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm 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 cheap. I would say I'm I tend to be frugal, and that's only something that's come with maturity, and uh, and I am grateful for it now. So anytime I'm going to plunk down a lot of money on something, I'll spend some time thinking about it. So I'm thinking about the new car and what kind of car and so on and so forth. And every car that I own has like almost 300 miles on it 300,000 miles on it so it's it's getting to be that time and my brother's grumping about this car that he doesn't need so finally I say to him hey James how much how much would you um how much would you take for your spare car I called it his spare car it used to irritate him he <laughs> says well I owe and I think the price tag was like ninety four hundred dollars and um and and it's a 2005 Honda CRV, and it only had 91,000 miles on it. That's so I was great. like, well, would you take 9,400 for it? And he went, yeah, because that would get me out of the damn thing. And I went, oh, well, let me go home, discuss that with people who are influenced by our, my finances, and see if we can't make an agreement to pick up this car. So I did that. And yes, absolutely, because that car has, like, all the stuff that my other cars do not have, like, airbags and so on and so forth. I mean, safety features, right? Yeah. don't give a... My cars have seatbelts, for God's <laughs> sakes, but I think seatbelts came in in the 70s. Yeah, I remember my pop uh, cutting the seatbelts out of the Volkswagen bug in the cutting 70s. Cutting them out? Yeah, yeah. Back then, it was, like, a real macho thing. Men, men were like, safety? Who gives a shit about safety? And they'd cut their seatbelts out. Wow. Um. Yeah, they regretted that later when they had to put them back in when it became a law. <laughs> so, uh uh ooh, I need to know about language. You
0: can swear all you want. There's no restriction.
1: Okay, good, because, you know, I am a sailor, so. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> it's, it's so not like a thought in my head. Even in the office, I have to be really, really co- conscious of it. So, I buy the car from my brother, and... um. And a dear friend who is an intensely conservative human being, conservative from the perspective of government,
2: mm-hmm.
1: doesn't like all these taxes, doesn't like, you know, liberals and uh, libtards and, you know, all the giving away everybody's money, not their money, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I've had some interesting interactions around people that associate that way. Okay. Because they do things that that they don't publicize. And I think they don't publicize it because they recognize that if other people were to hear that, other people would feel like they're cheating. Anyway, this particular friend said, you know, because you bought that car from your brother, you could put a zero under how much you paid and that would eliminate you paying taxes on it. And I went, huh, really? Because I'd never purchased a car in this manner before, private mm-hmm. to person to private person. I'm like, really? Huh? Huh?
0: Just a side note, don't mind the jingling in the background if you can hear it. This is Julia saving a poor lost dog from the middle of the road because proof that she's a good person.
1: (laughs) I I wasn't alone. (laughs) I couldn't have got this dog by myself. Like four or five people stopped on the street to help help, uh, capture this dog. He was headed to a very busy highway.
2: Yes.
1: An intensely busy highway and none of us wanted him to make it out there and we didn't know where he came from and so... Took like half a dozen cars stopping in the middle of the street to to um, corral this guy. So anyway, oh by the way, his owners they know where he is and they're coming for him. Yes. So. I believe he had a tag on. So. Yes, praise God for the people that'll put a tag on their dog.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Um, so back to the zero.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, go ahead and put a zero on that, and then you don't have to pay taxes. So I'm kicking that around and kicking that around and I told my brother that story and the whole time I'm kicking it around I'm just like something doesn't feel right something doesn't feel right. And that's the other thing that I've learned in my 60 years on the planet is we each and every one of us comes with an innate ability to know when we're in tune with our value system. We don't we're not we're not encouraged to think about that. It's just not something that people are no you don't your, your parents spend time telling you not to lie and your parents spend time telling you not to be a bully at least most parents do <laughs> <Good> right parents. <laughs> yeah most parents do so but your parents don't spend a lot of time telling you to to spend time thinking about do you know what to do here right mm-hmm. so like when you're little and you want to make a decision between do I wear the color green or the color purple, your parents don't spend a lot of time saying to you, "Set with it and think about it, you know, just pick one. <laughs> so you, you can develop the skill as you get older, but if you didn't get it early, it takes a lot of time. So my typical process now is that when I have a decision to make if it doesn't feel absolutely right, then it's wrong. If it's not 100% yes, then it's no. So I was sitting with that feeling and getting the not 100% yes. And we went to get the tabs for the car and the new licenses. Cause for some reason in our state now, you have to get new license. Even if your old license is just fine. You have to buy new licenses pretty regularly. So, we went to get the license, and it had the zero on it, and I scratched it out, and I put the actual price, Mm -hmm. the $9,500 price on it, because I gave him $9,500, because I felt bad for him, because he's a boy who got involved with a girl who was a gorgeous girl, and he got involved with her too fast, and uh uh-oh. He's all right. And because he got involved with her too fast he was willing to spend inordinate amounts of money on her so um, I gave him 9500 for it and that's what I put down on the thing 9500 and then the nice lady that was getting us our tags said uh, that'll be nine hundred and five dollars and blah 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 and I went what and you know who Cindy looked over at me and said hmm My, but your integrity is expensive.
0: (laughs) I love that story, though.
1: Well, it's a a funny thing that I've observed over the decades. If you are not in congruence with your value system, it's like feeding yourself a teaspoon of poison every time you're not. Mm -hmm. And... And I guess there's now like, what do you call it? Um, books out, right? There's, there's. Now there's psychology books out that say something along these lines, where they say, what create this? This is what adds to neurosis in people. If they don't make an effort to uh, to line up their behaviors and even their speech uh-huh. with their value system then they're laying the groundwork for mental illness i
0: agree don't mind me while i pick this dog poop up
1: no problem it's not like it's not something i don't do every day (laughs) i do that every day continue okay so that was that was the 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 main hypocrisy story that you became aware of but it's a
0: great story
1: yeah there are other Little tiny hypocrisy stories that I'm not so uh, as enthused about because I've you know I'm still a little bit stung from them. Like recently, this this whole thing about uh, people not agreeing with each other politically, uh, and me having to come to grips with how many of my friends I don't see eye to eye with. It's a lot. A lot of my friends I don't see eye to eye with. My liberal friends will say I'm too conservative and my conservative friends say I'm too liberal. Which must mean I'm balanced. Uh, but I you know, I, I would be the first one to start spouting things off about... Um, I'll, I'll give you for instance. One of my conservative friends would say, socialism has never worked on planet Earth. There is no example of socialism working on planet Earth. And I'd say what about the Scandinavian countries? What about them? And finally, one of my conservative friends leans over and says to me, Julia, they're not socialist. You should look that up. And I went, they are too. What he didn't know is that I have friends that live in Sweden. So I got my phone out. Hey, we're able to do this now and i texted my friends in sweden and i said are are you is your government based on uh socialism is sweden a socialist country it took about a nanosecond for the response to come back no and i <laughs> i sent back a response question mark question mark question mark like in a, a face the the big o face like huh <laughs> huh and then uh, the response that came back was, we are a capitalist country that has socialist programs. They are not popular. I just, just thought...
0: So do we. Yeah, yeah. It's called
1: Medicare. Right, right, exactly. But it, so so then I felt like, oh my God, they're just like us. But here we're painting them as being so much better or so much different. And they're not. They're the same.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, depending on what side of the issue you're on, you may see the social safety net that's been put in place since World War II, thank you FDR, as uh, not necessarily the way it was intended, which is to to be a social safety net. It's seen as um, not not a right, but a privilege, like you've put into it. They see it more like the social security system which partially is based in work merit, but it's also based on the social safety net to make sure that we don't lose half our country because we're way bigger than Sweden. We have to manage a lot more people.
1: Because I'm older, I've spent some time with people who uh, talk about social security, Mm -hmm. professionals who talk about social security now. And uh, they say, there's a phrase they say all the time. The original purpose was to protect orphans and children Our orphans and widows, orphans and widows was the original reason for the creation of social security. And I'm, you know, considering what we go through right now, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, maybe that's what the advertised intent was, but I truly believe now there's stuff behind everything. So, so it's possible that that wasn't everybody's intent originally well
0: it's certainly scary for my generation and I think people younger than me I don't even think people younger than me believe it's going to be around by the time they get to be that age where they might need it which is tragic in so many ways
1: yeah M- meaning you're 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 um, uh, putting money in a safety deposit box that's not going to be there when you right need your safety deposit y-
0: yeah box. because if you want to go with you know that that more conservative view of I'm putting into this, it should be there for me. Well, I've worked my whole life, and I'm mm-hmm. not sure it's going to be there for me. Yeah, me so, too. So, you know, I guess their argument will probably be, well, it's been used for other things. Well, I mean, this isn't a political podcast, but, um, you know. There's so many variants. It's, it's never just a, it's complex. We're not, as I was saying in the reproductive justice uh, episode, someone's quote was, <clears throat> we're not one you know, problem simple people. We're complex people, and that means our problems are complex. There's no just simple, easy answer for almost anything, except for what kind of food you want to eat tonight.
1: And there's actually some complexities around that as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. Seriously, Which I do not want to cut you off if you had more to say about that particular issue.
1: No, I. The hypocrisy thing is is really important to me, and, and I uh, I do have like lots of other examples of me coming to grips with oh my god I've been being a hypocrite I I did have a little a little fun with that one though because I, there was a fella at work that I'd gotten into really challenging our, our conversation with around the subject matter so I had found this out on a Tuesday night Wednesday morning I made a beeline for his desk I smiled at him I said hey remember, uh, remember me getting all my chest all puffed up and Because he's like six foot something, right? Here's little me going, yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I said, uh, yeah, that thing we were talking about, about Sweden. Yeah, that was bullshit. And he said, what? (laughs) I said, remember I got all uppity with you and said, well, Sweden's a prime example that socialism works. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah. What? You're saying it's not true now? And I'm like... I'm saying that Sweden is not socialist. I'm saying I never even asked the question. I have flipping friends that live in Sweden. Never asked them the question. It never occurred to me ask them the question.
2: Yeah.
1: So, he laughed and said, when did you find this out? And I said, about 12 hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, "Uh, oh, I I guess you didn't call me because I was uh, not available on the phone or something. I went, I don't have your phone number. I'd have called you. (laughs) I'd have called you right away. Apologize then. So... What's on the piece of paper over there?
0: My notes. Oh. But to finish up about hypocrisy.
1: Yeah. Finish up.
0: I've uh, done an episode about that before. Oh. And I mean, we're all hypocrites in some way or another. You know, I, I did an episode where I was talking to someone else, but there's another podcaster I listened to that had done a whole lecture about hypocrisy down in Australia. And she likes to just kind of see it as. You're in conflict with your own values, but we all do it on some level. Like, for example, I don't like animal cruelty, right? I'm not a vegetarian. Yeah. So it's, it's even the small things. And it turns out some of the people that protest the much, the, you know, the most. Yeah. Maybe the ones that have the strongest value conflict mm-hmm. and the strongest hypocrisy <laughs> conflict with their own values. They're trying to live their values, but there's some other thing. That's another value that's conflicting. Yeah. And so, you know, we just have to find a way to look at your values every day and and weigh, is that going to affect my being, my spirit, my...
1: Mental health.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I really love, that's why I love that story so much. Your story is because, yeah, it ended up costing you financially. Yeah. But it made you, it let you sleep at night, you know?
1: Yeah. And that, that is a big thing. That's yeah. I. I mean, I'm with you about the. I'm not a big. I don't like animal cruelty. There, there are two things that will just push me over the edge, and I'll become uh, a crazy person around them, about them, and that is um, people being cruel to animals or children. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're cruel to other people, I'll step in and say something. But I won't be, you know, off the hook fucking crazy about them (laughs) and i have been in the past like off the hook fucking crazy yeah when i've seen somebody doing or saying something to an animal or a child that is i know to be damaging yeah uh so so i want to be a vegetarian and i was actually for like 20 years i was a vegetarian
0: 20 years yeah yeah what got you off that path after 20 years if i might ask
1: hey you know uh because, you know, I was a vegetarian in the military. And I was a vegetarian and when I lived in Alaska. What? I was a vegetarian. How that Yeah, I know. Because when I got up there, they went, you're a veggie what? No, no. We didn't make it to the top of the food chain to eat fucking vegetables. <laughs> right. That was my number one uh, favorite phrase up there. My number two favorite phrase up there was, hey, you know what we do? We let our meat eat our vegetables and then we eat our meat. <laughs> it all worked out. Uh, so anyway, yeah. If you become romantically involved with somebody from a place like Wyoming or Montana or...
0: Or Alaska.
1: (laughs) Or, you know, Colorado or, you know, one of those places where, like, is a staple.
0: Right.
1: It's really hard to remain a vegetarian. We couldn't go any place that I wasn't going to get served meat. I ordered a salad and it came with meat. (laughs) On the menu, it didn't say anything about meat, and right. I, when I got it and I'm eating it, I'm like, "What? Wait, what? What? What's it? this? Is bacon? What's?" It? Didn't say anything about bacon, and the waitress is looking at me like I'm an idiot, and she says, "Yeah, we put that in there for flavor, so you'll <laughs> actually eat that stuff." You know, like it never even occurred to me. <sighs> but so after becoming romantically involved with somebody that is from Wyoming and expects to have meat in every meal right. it became really difficult to, to i mean i have to admit that trout and eggs together i never would have put trout and eggs together like chicken like, eggs yeah like like okay like fresh trout right out of a stream fried next to some fried eggs okay freaking no, I delicious
0: have not thought of that but
1: I, I'd never thought of it either.
0: I guess there are seafood scrambles. I guess that makes sense.
1: In Wyoming and South Dakota, it's standard fare. And when I tried it, even though I was poo-pooing it, I went, oh, this is really good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now, you can't really get a meal like that over here. You can try, but it doesn't really work that well.
0: Once you catch your own fish, I guess.
1: (sighs) Yeah. So anyway, the hypocrisy thing, I I resonate with that, that you have to, uh, what do they call that? Um, rationalizations, I guess, is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's part of
1: it, you you make rationalizations about things that you think are lesser of evils.
0: Yes, but, and sometimes that's conflicting with your own values.
1: Yeah, I was going to be late getting here if I did if I stopped for the dog, but I stopped for the dog. I'm I'm, I, I was stop for the I dog. was going to be on time <laughs> if I didn't stop for the dog. And I got like a half a block past the dog, who's running as hard as he can towards the busy highway. Yeah. And I stomped on my brakes and went, I have to go back for
0: the dog. Yeah, that's way more important than being a few minutes late. In fact, the only reason I was outside is because I thought I heard a car door. Huh? And I went out, and then you pulled in. (laughs) So, I don't know. Something told me to be out there, I guess.
1: That's a fun little thing. (laughs) That's a fun little thing that happens with a lot of my friends and I. I'll think of somebody, and all of a sudden, the, a text message goes off, and it's that person.
0: Even if it's they haven't talked to you in a while.
1: I, even yeah. if they haven't talked to me in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Connection. Funny. Funny thing about connection.
1: I think we do have it. It makes certain ones of my friends. My friends that are like engineering and scientific types. They, they poo-poo this in a big way. They say I have an intense amount of confirmation bias.
0: <laughs> well, there is such a thing as confirmation bias. That's fair. Yeah. That exists.
1: Yeah. I tell them that's what they told Galileo about Galileo about the earth being round. You've just got some confirmation bias. That's all. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: We've been wrong about things before.
0: That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't discount anything because there was plenty of things that 200 years ago we didn't think was possible. And now we know it's possible. And so... What if it's just something we don't know about yet? What if we can't conceptualize it yet? What if we aren't in the right dimension yet? I don't know. I don't know. I'm very agnostic about many things. Yeah. And uh, that's definitely one of them.
1: Yeah. And we're not taught to stretch our imaginations.
0: No, we're definitely taught to be in a box.
1: Right. (laughs) We're not always punished for stretching our imaginations, but we're not encouraged to stretch (laughs) our imaginations.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember the very first F I ever received on a paper, and it had to do with that very subject matter. I I said that people couldn't conceive of aliens that didn't look like human beings. And the English teacher, for some reason, just got all up in my grill and said uh, that this was nonsense and blah, blah, blah. How, Why on earth would I say that people don't have imaginations, and I yelled at him in class when, you know, I mean, when I got, got the paper and, and it said an F, I went, F? F? Why would you give me an F? He said, your your hypothesis was just ridiculous. It's an English class. And I said, <laughs> really? And then I said, there's all kinds of things that people can't conceive of. And I looked around the room, and, and I actually said out loud, and this was 1974... Yeah, 1974, I looked at one of the boys that was uh, like a big time athlete. And I said, uh, can you ever conceive of a girl astronaut? Can you conceive of a woman going into outer space as an astronaut? And he started laughing and everybody in the class including the other girls started laughing. And I turned around and I looked at the teacher and I said, there, there's a perfect example. They have no way of imagining that. It's outside their box. And and then I said, uh, mark my words, in my lifetime, in in your lifetime, and I po- pointed to the BMOC, the big man on campus, I said, <laughs> women will be in outer space.
0: Yeah. We just had our first female fighter pilot in the Marines. Did you see that? Yes, F- I did. F-35s. Yeah. Yes, I did. Oof. And. And it's 2019. I mean, can we just have a moment to recognize, <laughs> aside from all the other isms, the it, fact that women still, in 2019, women in general, not a color or gender or anything else, women still are having firsts in things like that uh-huh. in
1: 2019. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. It's so, too.
0: But in your lifetime, and you're not
1: even that old. Oh, my God.
0: You've seen... A shit
1: ton. One of my best friends just retired uh, a couple years ago. She'd had 47 years at the Boeing company. She started.
0: 47 years. When she started,
1: she was making SSTs. She was in the engineering department that was designing the SST, the supersonic transport. And she was the only female in her building. The only one in her building. That's
0: like hidden figure stuff right there.
1: Yep. And I got some more for you. She told me, she shared with me one day that as a young woman, uh, fresh out of university and, you know, after her first year at the Boeing company, her boss pulled her aside and said, you've done such an incredible job this year. We're all in, we're, we're all over the moon impressed with what you've done. I really wish I could give you a raise, but I have to give it to Bob because he's got kids. Oh my God. What? <laughs> Kid you not? It was 1967. It, she she said that's just the way life was.
0: I saw a lot on this podcast. What's that? I saw a lot on this podcast. Oh, you do?
1: Yes. You do. So, do you want to hear the rest of it then? Yes. Do yes. You, do you want to hear that that was the day that he handed her the the uh, dress code thing? They just come out with a dress code thing for women. So.
0: I know the episode. People cannot see me rolling my eyes. But... <laughs> oh god.
1: Yeah about how high her heels could be, how short her skirt could be. <laughs> this was this can't. was in my lifetime.
0: I just can't. <laughs> I mean, I realize on an intellectual level that this shit happened, and I'm very thankful that I have minimally experienced this yeah. in my lifetime.
1: Yeah. But on the other hand, we still have a lot of fun with it. The other day, I was in a bathroom at the big airplane company, and I stopped because I had to wait in line and I, I stopped and I went, oh my God, I'm waiting in line in a women's room. And a couple of the gals that were in line ahead of me kind of looked at me like, what the fuck is her problem? <laughs> and, then, and then I went, ladies, we're at the Boeing company in a women's room and we're having to wait in line. And, and they finally like and the done. light bulb, <laughs> the light bulb went on over their head. And there was like cheers. There were there were women going, "Yay!" Even in the stalls, women were going, "Yay!" And I, I started laughing because it just all these decades at the Boeing Company had never happened. Well,
0: yeah, there wasn't enough women to have that happen.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's incredible. It was it. It's a goofy little story, but fun. <laughs> it's a fun goofy story.
0: Yeah, but it's factual. I mean. Yes, Crazy. All right. I'm going to keep you here all day. So uh, the other notes you were asking about, you were talking about your 60 trips around the sun.
1: Oh, 60 trips around the sun. Yeah.
0: So obviously you don't mind me telling people that you just turned 60.
1: No, not at all. I'm pretty proud of it. Cause you, I feel, well, you don't look
0: 60. I can tell you that.
1: I, I feel so much better at 60 than I did at 50. I, uh, it's an amazing thing for me.
0: What has led you to feeling better? Why do you think you feel better? Um. Do you think is it just emotionally or physically, spiritually? It's all, all three of things? those
1: things. It's all three of those things. We'll start off with. Uh, we could start off with physically. I stopped eating uh, almost all grains, like ninety-nine percent of grains, no bread no pasta, no, um, you know, originally I was trying to do this stupid gluten-free thing, which is just craziness. If you guys are trying to go go gluten-free, I I just recommend don't do grains at all because the stuff that's gluten-free tastes a lot like shoe leather and, uh, you're paying a lot of money for it and it's got other junk in it to make up for the fact that it's not really bread. So I had to come to grips with the idea that I was a breadaholic. Even even when somebody just toasts a bagel nearby me, it could be like 100 feet from me. I can smell that thing. So um, I quit eating almost all grains. And I say almost all because I, I still eat quinoa every once in a while. and I, I, I don't know why I don't feel like quinoa is cheating, but I don't. Uh, but I found out that the thing that, for those of us that are so sensitive to grains, the thing that was causing us problems is Roundup.
0: Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> well, it, it wouldn't when you were younger, right? They didn't spray the Roundup like they do now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Evidently, they spray the Roundup on crops after the crops are matured. It used to be they sprayed Roundup before the crops were matured, and, and that helped uh, eliminate issues with bugs and things, but now they spray the cro- Roundup after the crops are matured because Roundup will dehydrate, for instance, wheat, and you get a bigger yield out of the wheat if it's dry.
0: But you're poisoning us. That, their,
1: their, point, their point is not everybody gets sick from it, and I guess they're right. Either that or it's like your friends that drink tequila. Some of your friends can drink a lot of tequila. They've had lots and lots of years of practice. They've developed, what's that called? A tolerance, or you could say a resistance level. But even they can go over the top, right? Right. So so for some people, I guess they can eat the Roundup stuff, and it's not that big a deal for them. But for other people, they cannot. And I must be one of the people that cannot. You know, for instance, whenever I have to have some sort of uh, not major surgery thing, I try to do it without the anesthetic. And I try to do it without any sort of painkillers. Why? Because anesthesia and morphine and codeine and all the deans make me hurl. I am a person who, if you touch that shit on my lips, I'm going to projectile vomit on you.
0: Some people have very sensitive systems to that. Very sensitive.
1: So, uh, painkillers and I are not friends, yeah. and I know that, and so because of that, I'll try to avoid them with, with all my might. I have other friends that can take anything they want to, and it doesn't affect them one little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, obviously, every human body is a thumbprint.
2: Sure.
1: Yes. So, anyway, um, I've tried to do a lot of different things with what I'm consuming. I don't know that I told you this before, but I quit drinking.
0: Okay.
1: It was a big deal for me. Not that I was a huge drinker in the Navy. I wasn't. In fact, I wasn't much of a drinker until I moved into the the current neighborhood I live in. At the time, there were other people in the houses nearby us, and they were solid drinkers. Mm. When I say solid, they never went a night without a drink. Without a beer. Yeah. Without a martini. Without multiple. Without a glass of wine. And, you know, it becomes a social thing, and you think, eh, it's not that big a deal. It's a big deal if you can't say no. hmm So I... I got to a point where my my the way that I phrase it is my the circuit is broken. It used to be I could have one beer and one shot of whiskey and I was done. And and like for instance last cuz I quit on uh April the 14th. Last uh this last April. This last April. Okay. Uh last uh St. last to St. Pat's Day as it were. Yes. Me and the Irishman, at down at the Irishman I was, with me lads and me lasses. And I had I had a point, and I had a shot, and that's what I said I was going to have. And then, I guess, it was three shots later, and maybe four points. You know, there's quite a few of those. the The game is to add the cups together. You know, make like a tower of how many cups you've had, right? And so I'm looking at how many cups are there, and I'm thinking to myself, Wow, that's a lot more than I planned. When I got home, Cindy informed me that I was slurring my words and couldn't really walk a straight line. And that's bad. And I'd never done it before. And here I said I was only going to have one pint and one shot. Mm. So what's that an indication of? The circuit is broken. Yeah. So I quit drinking. And I can't say that I haven't missed it. Ask me how much I wanted to drink on my 60th birthday party. Oh my gosh, I wanted to drink. Because we had some really nice alcohol there. But I didn't. Because the circuit's broken. If the circuit's broken, it's broken. I have to let it go. There's been some blowback around that. Because I guess I was a really fun drunk. What a surprise. But I'm going to stick to it. Because, man, I didn't like feeling bad. Mm -hmm. I hated feeling bad.
0: Yeah. So. And it causes inflammation and a bunch of other things. Oh my gosh, and it's expensive. Yes, it's a lot of I money. Think,
1: I think I'm actually, for those of you that are not listening in the state of Washington, <laughs> let me just tell you something. This state had, this state, and you know, I, I want to blame, I, I want to pull the um, the retailer named Costco into this as well, but I, I probably shouldn't because I don't have any genuine evidence of this. But this state has figured out a way to dupe us into paying the most exorbitant prices for alcohol. To the point that somebody that might buy a six pack every week, and might buy like a glass of wine every month, and might buy a fifth of whiskey every month, and that's it, would spend well over two hundred dollars a month yeah. on alcohol. Yeah. And now that I'm not doing it, I'm, I, I can't believe the price. I, the difference Yeah. It's phenomenal. So, yeah,
0: that that yeah, that was the whole thing when that went down, um, forcing liquor to be in regular. Because we used to have it just in liquor stores. We called them package stores.
1: And yeah, that's the more polite way to say
0: it. <laughs> And then the companies lobbied to have it in the regular stores, um, with slight complications with our reservations. Blah blah blah. Uh, But they wanted to have it available in grocery stores, and people bought into the BS of, look, you have the right to have this wherever you want it, and it's going to save you money, and blah, blah, blah. And they also put two initiatives on the ballot that were very confusing, and they made it sound like you should say yes, but really should say no if you didn't read the whole thing. (laughs) And they got us. And now, yes, liquor much more readily available in places, but you're paying out the ass for
1: it. It's true. I remember talking to one of the gals that worked at the at the package store that was about to close up, and I said something to her about, "I want you to know that not all of us are excited about this stuff leaving here, specifically because of you. We recognize that when these stores go away, you folks are going to be looking for work." Right. And State she says,
0: "Owned stores." Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: She says. Yeah, we've come to grips with it. She said, she smiles and she says, and don't think it's not, don't think that some of our uh, grinning isn't about uh, the fact that you guys are going to get rolled over. And I looked at her and went, whatever do you mean? And she said, the price of this stuff is going to increase by 20% minimally. Oh, yeah. And I went, oh, that's crazy. (laughs) And she said, yeah, it is. And she just like was grinning from ear to ear. Yeah. And damned if she wasn't right. I mean, really right. Oh, yeah. 20% minimally, if not 25%. Yeah,
0: it's a lot.
1: Yeah. This is why everybody that comes to visit from out of state brings their own stuff. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to pay Washington state prices. So no alcohol and no grains and, uh, and uh, more exercise. I'm feeling a lot better physically. Um, and emotionally, I've let go of being so angry. You know what helped with that?
0: Tell me. Was it one of the things you mentioned you were going to be doing? Because you mentioned three to five events that were coming up this year.
1: The silent meditation retreat. Did you go? I did.
0: Tell me about the silent meditation retreat, because that is on my list of things to ask you about.
1: It's, a, it's an odd thing to talk to people about, mainly because most people don't believe I did it. <laughs> Julia, How long was it? It was ten days. And, and, and really, you were, you were only silent for nine.
0: Okay. But totally silent, not a peep.
1: Well, I I can't say that exactly because there were a couple of incidences where you needed to talk to somebody and they had a human for you to talk to. So the way that this goes down is you show up at this place and you forfeit any form of outside communication, not forfeit. Exactly. You just turn it in. It's not like they frisk you, (laughs) right? But you, you get there and you understand that the purpose of being there is to simulate, um, isolation, right? So you give them your cell phone, you give them your car keys, you give them uh, like any books that you have, you give them your any notebooks. so there's no taking no, no writing utensils or writing material. you're you're trying to simulate um, just being with your not not having anything else you could possibly do except be with your thoughts and that's it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so then mm-hmm. they start to teach you the, uh, the Meditation and it's not what I thought it was going to be. Mm, no, I've, I've meditated before, and we do the mm, or something like that, or you know, we focus on our breathing. Yeah, deep, deep breathing from down. No, this was way different. And I would tell you this not talking was easy. Really, not talking was easy. What was hard was the not thinking. Trying to like let go of your monkey mind. <laughs> because I discovered my monkeys had monkeys.
0: Full barrel of monkeys in there, huh?
1: Good grief. It took it, it took almost three days for me to have any sort of understanding that I could potentially get it done. I I almost quit. And you you were asking about you know was it absolutely no talking whatsoever? The first there's so this this place that you go to, it's uh, they've got these centers all over the country by the way. I've got over two hundred of them. Is
0: this place in Washington the
1: one you went to? Yeah, I went to the one in on Alaska. Yeah, they're building Washington State by the way. <clears throat> they're building one in Boise. There uh, there's one up in up in British Columbia or two I think in British Columbia. They're the largest one. On the North American continent, I guess, is in Texas, <clears throat> but the technique is called Vipassana. It's very old; it's like three thousand years old, or something like that. And you, when you go to this place, they separate men and women because, it, so even if you're married, you're not with your spouse because they don't want you um, to touch another human being. They they want you to be an isolated soul, an isolated entity. And you're not, obviously you're not allowed to talk to each other, but there, you know, something may come up and you may need something. So they have somebody called a course manager. So there's two separate groups of people. There's two separate dormitories. There's a course manager for the women and a course manager for the men. And the very first night that you get there, they identify that person. You have a short amount of time to actually talk to them before it officially starts. Um, And then there's one other person that you're officially allowed to talk to and that is the teacher Uh, the teacher is somebody who has been gone through special training to be a teacher right so uh every day you were uh, i I wouldn't say authorized but you had the opportunity to talk to teacher if you needed to you could talk to the course manager as much as you need, but they, they still recommended you try to keep it down. But if something was going on, like like one day I smacked my foot against the uh, frame of my bed and my entire foot swelled up. I couldn't wear a shoe. I needed some ice, so I needed to go to the course manager and say, can I have some ice? Yeah. But uh, you could sign up every day to talk to teacher. And I, I didn't talk to teacher the first day or the second day. I thought I wouldn't talk to teacher the whole time. But on day three, I thought, I'm not getting this. This isn't working. So I'm going to go talk to teacher and tell her that I need to just go home. And so because, you know, I'm not talking to anybody and I'm trying to focus and it's just not working. So I signed up to talk to teacher and I'm sitting in front of teacher and she says, so you, you think you're not getting anything out of this? And I said, I don't think I'm not getting anything out of this. I know I'm not getting anything out of this. I said, no, I need to come back here on the last day of class because I picked up three young men and brought them with me. These wait, were, this is
0: day three? Wait, wait. On day three, I'm okay. telling her this.
1: I, I picked up three young men and I brought them with me, so I feel responsible for their transportation. I'll come back here on the last day and pick them up. And as odd as that was, these are three men who don't know each other. They've all been to multiple um, venues to do this activity, like around the planet. One of them had been to Indonesia. Another one had been to France. Another one was to, to the one in New York City or New York, blah, blah, blah. So uh, she says, well, let me ask you a question, Julia. If you were talking to somebody who had done something for 30 years, would you take their advice about that subject matter? And I went, of course, they've done it for 30 years, for God's sakes. And she said, okay, I'm going to ask you to stay for one more day. And I went, What? She said, 30 years ago, I was sitting right where you're sitting, saying, I got to get out of here. And then I stayed for one more day. So just stay just one more day. If you tell me tomorrow you want to leave, I won't hold you back. I said, okay, fine. And then that night, that night, something happened.
0: It must be the magical fourth day.
1: It was the, it was day three. It was the night of day three. 'Cause our our uh our routine was was super simplistic and really fucking intense. We were up at four o'clock, we started meditation at four thirty. At six thirty we stopped for breakfast. And we had like an hour, an hour and a half. There's oh, is that
0: the dog lady? Yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. Okay. The dog has been successfully picked up and reunited with his mom. His name was Boris. Yay! And he is happily in the car going home. Good job, Julia. <laughs> Good job, you. You were saying.
1: Because <laughs> well, well, Haley helped me get that dog into the house and and get the phone number uh, dialed and all that stuff. So about temperature stuff. So well, for,
0: let's finish up with the retreat. We'll come back to temperature. Oh, we're going. So to you were retreat. talking about uh, four o'clock. You get up and you do meditation until.
1: Yeah. Sunday no. 30? Four o'clock is uh, uh, when the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. It goes off. It's a big, like... Is a big, it
0: like this kind of
1: bell? Um, like my it's it's bell? brass. It's it's brass like that, but it's a large bell. Okay. And they strike it with a hammer and it's... Bong, okay, okay. Three times, I think. Anyway, so 4, 4 a.m. was to get up, and that's actually sleeping in an hour for me, so that was cool. <laughs> but 4.30, we started meditation, we went to 6.30, and then there was breakfast, and then you had some time to do... Um, breakfast and maybe take a shower or hand wash some socks or something like that. And then uh, at 8.30 we gathered up again, 8.30 was a group, what what we called group set, because everybody was required to be in the place called the Dama Hall together. So there's like a hundred people all sitting in this place together trying to be very quiet. Um, and then that went to, uh, that went to like instructions
0: 11. Are at this time or are you just all staring at
1: each other? Uh, the instructions came from one of either the male or the female teacher right at the beginning. And it was just a, a couple of instructions like uh, find a comfortable place and focus on your breathing. And, and they always pointed, uh, the first few days, they pointed to right here around your nose and your lips. You were breathing through your nose. You weren't focusing on what you were feeling, just your breath. And it wasn't an exaggerated breath, normal, natural breath. Okay. So then... Um, See eleven o'clock to twelve was lunch. Uh twelve to one. You got to do all that other stuff that you might need to do, stretch your legs, whatever. No exercise was allowed, but they did have this these beautiful meadows. It's a fifty acre place in on Alaska that overlooks Mount Rainier. Wow. Yeah. While I was there, I saw deer being born. Oh. Baby deer, yeah. So um so you get to like walk walk around, and uh, still the boys and girls are separated. But you get to walk around in the forest and stuff. So at one o'clock, was, no twelve to one was the time that you could talk to teacher. So you signed up to talk to teacher whenever, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they called your name off the the list, right? So on third day, I signed up to talk to her, and I was like one of the last people to sign up, and she's she said please stay one more day. So then one p.m. to 5 p.m. We it was sit and meditate, and then at 5 we got if you're new, you got a piece of fruit and some tea. If you had already been there once or twice, or who however long you only got tea, and that was it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So it was two meals a day, but they were delicious meals. I mean, they were strictly vegetarian because this philosophy is you could say it's Buddhist based. And Buddhists don't eat meat, okay. But they kept stressing over and over again: this is not associated with a religion. This is not about a religion. You do not need to convert to a religion. Blah blah <laughs> blah. So between five and I believe six, um, we had kind of our evening break, and then at six, between six and seven fifteen, we had another group set, and then at seven fifteen, we actually got uh, instruction via a uh, um, um, video stream a pre-recorded video stream from the quote master teacher whose name is Goenka and that's a really difficult name to, to spell even for me it's G-E-O-A-K-N-A something like that but if you look up this guy you'll find him because he's been here for quite a few decades in fact around the world Cindy was a little worried when I was leaving she starts hearing about this No cell phones, no books, no writing material. She's going, this thing is a cult. This sounds like a cult. (laughs) And I said, okay, honey, but I have to tell you that cults normally want money. And they normally want all of your worldly possessions. And this place actually wants you to restrict your worldly possessions. And they absolutely do not want you to give them money. It's free. And she went, the
0: whole thing is free
1: we'll talk about that more in a minute okay. so um, so yeah you, you he talked to us via the video stream for like an, sometimes an hour sometimes an hour and a half and and he would kind of be giving us instruction while he was talking to us and telling us stories mm-hmm. and helping us with almost a paradigm shift in our heads about what we were trying to accomplish and reiterating to us that it was really important for us to not talk don't talk Because he said, you'll have influences on each other. And they could be negative influences. You know? Like, I have told people what happened to me on day four, day three, in the evening, and the morning of day four. But I have been hesitant every time I did it. Because every time I do that, I think to myself, I could potentially be negatively influencing somebody that's going to go. And still I want to tell people. Because it was so wild. It was just not something I would have ever been able to explain or expected in my past. Nothing like that, right? So, um, yeah, he's talking to us like 7.15 to uh, 7 7 to 8 for sure. Sometimes 7 to Uh 8.15. And then from 8.15 to 9, we meditated again. And then at 9.30, it was bedtime. And then at 4, we started over. And that was our day. Every single day, on and on and on, every day for for nine solid days. The tenth day, we actually did get to talk to each other. They authorized us to talk to each other. And that was really odd.
0: (laughs) After nine days of not talking? Well, you know,
1: you you tend to uh, develop a a technique to keep from talking to other people. Look at the ground. Look four feet to five feet in front of you in the ground, Hmm. right? Okay. Because our culture is such that we're taught to be polite and if you bump into somebody the first thing you say is oh uh, excuse me i'm so sorry but like on day 2 i turned around really quickly to do something and i hit a woman that was half my size and she flew into the air and fell on the ground and i was just like oh my god i'm so sorry and everybody's like oh god i'm so sorry. you it's a it's this incredible conflict because you you want to be polite and appropriate you think that's appropriate but well, you're not
0: supposed to touch people. Can you, like, help them up if you knock them down?
1: Exactly. That was a problem.
0: <laughs> no, you're not supposed to?
1: Well, you weren't, weren't supposed to touch each other to begin with. So we were too close to each other to begin with because I, 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 I all I did was do a 360 and then immediate takeoff and bam, I hit her <laughs> so hard she knocked her out of her slippers. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. So anyway, um, okay, so, you know, we would, we would have all these little challenges st- Strictly over our cultural stuff. And um, and I can't stress enough that the not talking, I'm, I even was very surprised at how easy it was for me to do that. Uh, because as I told you before, my mom used to love to tell people she talked before she could walk. <laughs> which a- according to many people is developmentally not possible. But then I've heard some friends from other cultures say, Oh no, that happens. And in our culture, when that—I ha- don't even want to tell you what what they said about—in our culture, when a baby does that, blah blah. Anyway, so um, let me tell you this about the meditation experience. I had heard that meditation had the capacity to heal people. I I dabbled in meditation over the years, you know, fifteen minutes here, twenty minutes there. I had been practicing. For this little event. Because you know. 10 days of meditation. Holy shit. Yeah. That sounds like a lot. So I'd been doing like a half hour in the morning. And a half hour at night. Not this technique though. It's very different. Some things got healed for me. While I was there. Some emotional things got healed for me. In like a super big way. And I, I am a person that had been through. Years and years and years. And spent thousands and thousands of dollars on therapy and some things got healed that therapy could never touch but I, I would tell you that prior to uh, going to as my, my lovely spouse and people that are close to me in my life like to call it silence camp <laughs> prior to me going to silence camp I kind of walked around in a haze of anger pissed off don't like with a hair trigger, and that's gone. It's, it's just, great. it's just completely fucking gone. <laughs> I need to go to this camp. Just yesterday, this guy.
0: Maybe honked, everyone needs to go to this camp.
1: Just yesterday, this guy honked at me, and uh, you know what the traffic's like around here. Uh, folks who are listening, let me just uh, let me just give you a for instance, I had to work someplace, and it was thirty-two miles from my home. That, in the morning, at 5 a.m. in the morning, that 32 miles took a full hour to get there. And I'm not traveling on surface streets. I'm on a highway, and I'm on freeways, and it took a full hour to get there. At night, <laughs> turning around and coming back the other way, it took two solid hours to go 32 miles. That's yeah. 15 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff can make people. That that that's really that's a lot of stress. I don't care who you are as a human. That's a lot of stress. So so we're used to people being fucking stupid now, on the roads.
0: Little road ragey.
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh, and it had happened to me a couple of times. I I want to tell you the story about, not that the kids ever going to hear this, but I I want to tell you the story about. We call him the Mazda Three Kid. Anyway, um, yesterday, I'm I'm in traffic on my coming home. I'm on like South Lake Stevens Road, and uh, a guy in a stroller—not a guy in a stroller—a guy pushing a stroller. I don't know. Maybe he could have been stroller. Anyway, a guy pushing a stroller with a baby in it. It looks like he's thinking about crossing the street, so I slowed down because I was going 30 miles an hour—the speed limit. And this guy is potentially going to put you this stroller out in front of me. So I slow down. All of a sudden behind me, I hear walk, walk. And I'm, it, it, it sort of startles me a little bit. And for just a nanosecond, and I mean a nanosecond, I, I feel that old rage come up like, Vroom! yeah, but, but then it's gone. And I'm I'm I rolled my I rolled my head, I, I rolled my window down and stuck my head out the window and looked back at him like what? And I'm I'm pointing to the guy with the stroller, looking back at this guy. When I got home, Cindy guessed probably what happened. That guy was looking at his phone. He was not looking at me. All of a sudden, I was stopped in a place that he didn't expect me to stop. He looks up from his phone because he what I did hear. After I'd put on the brakes and right before he honked at me, I did hear Arrgh! like he was coming not at me fast. Attention, obviously. Yeah, he was coming at me fast, right? And I startled him. Yeah. And he got angry about it. And so what he did was lay on the horn. Now, not long ago, that kind of shit would have caused an altercation. Well,
0: <laughs> I not shouldn't... long ago, you probably would have got stopped the car and got
1: out. <laughs> I was just going to say, and it's not like I would have, like, I shouldn't say altercation, but it would have caused a confrontation. I would have got out of the car and walked back there and said, you got some sort of major malfunction back here? <laughs> you you yourself wouldn't stop for a dude pushing a stroller with a baby in it? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but it didn't happen. It just went right over me. Seriously.
0: That's amazing.
1: That is amazing. That's
0: transformative. Right and, and
1: Cindy has even said more than one time, you know, uh Silence Camp has done something for you. She's actually talking about going. Wow. Which is like a thing she would never wow. have done before. <laughs> yeah. Several of my friends are gonna go because they see such a difference.
2: Yeah.
1: And I hope with all my heart that they do go. I'm going back. I'm going back next year. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. Is
0: it only once a year?
1: Uh you can go as many times as you want to after you've been through the first time. Okay. You can't pay them till you've been through the first time. That's oh, a that's okay. a, so I was
0: gonna you said you were going to come back to that.
1: How yeah, well, everybody right? that goes to this thing, everybody who's involved in it is a volunteer. Everybody, the staff in the kitchen, the staff and the the course manager, all I mean, volunteers. They
0: just like say donate or what?
1: I mean, it it is a donation if okay. you if you can. Okay. But if you can't, they don't expect it. When you're leaving, they tell you the cost of you staying there, sleeping there, taking showers there, getting food there, right. which I think for the ten days was two hundred and seventy dollars. So. That. Yeah. So if you if you can give them more than that, then they're happy to receive it. If you can't give them more than that, then it's fine. If you can't give them that, then it's fine. Here's the way they phrase it in the website. You are not paying for you. You are paying for the next student. You're paying it forward. So um so yeah, the teachers and everybody, it's all voluntary. And
0: what is this called?
1: Um well the the technique is called Vipassana, V as in Victor, I as in India, P as in Papa, A as in Alpha, S as in Sierra, I believe another S as in Sierra, N as in November, and A as in Alpha. So that, that's the name of the technique. Now you have to be cautious now because this, ca- this has caught on so much that there are people out there who are selling it. It should not be, No, nobody should charge you for it. How do you, how do I know what camp this is? Like how do I know for sure to go to the right one? www. dot the the way you pronounce this word is dhamma. It's spelled D-H-A-M-M-A dot org. Okay. So www.dhamma.org. Like dharma but with an M instead of an R. www.dhamma.org. org. Okay. And and this uh outfit organization what do you whatever you want to call it they're worldwide
0: and obviously not a cult
1: <laughs> obviously not a cult yeah okay the funniest thing is that since I became aware of it um, I've heard it in the mainstream media like three times now <laughs> I was I was watching a Stephen Colbert show and he had one of the actresses or I guess they're called actors now. From the the Black Panther movie. Okay. And she's become really popular and she's in a lot of different stuff. And I couldn't tell you her name if I, you know, if you told me I'm going to kill you if you don't tell me her name.
0: Denai Guerrero? Is she on The Walking Dead? Or is it Lupita, maybe?
1: If you showed me her picture, I'd know who she
0: was. (laughs) There's several women in that movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you showed me her picture, I'd know who it was. Anyway, he's talking to her about. You're you're doing all these things. How do you how do you uh, relax? And she said, I like meditation. And he said, Oh, really? Do you do that every day? And she said, Yeah, I I do it every day. But then um, uh, occasionally I'll go for a like a ten day intensive or something. And I uh, when I heard her, when I heard her say the phrase ten days, I went what? And then he said, uh, There's
0: the females of that cast. Can hang you on. see them Okay.
1: Yeah yeah, uh, my glasses. You know, uh, I think it. I think it's Lu, Lupita. Lupita. Yeah, I think it's Lupita. I I can't, I can't tell because short say her, her last hair. Thing. Her hair was really short, so it she might.
0: She just did the. Uh, I think she just did the movie Us.
1: Yes. Yes. That's her. That's her. Because he was talking to her about that Lupita movie as Nyong'a, well. I
0: think it's how you yeah. say it. That's. That's her. Yep. That's her
1: right there. So, uh, uh, so she was saying to him, "I go to this retreat where we just." Meditate all the time, and uh, we do it for like 10 days and no talking. And he went, what? (laughs) No talking? And she said, yeah, it's very relaxing. And he went, I'll take your word for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, I think, a hard thing to get your mind wrapped around. No talking? To think that you can't do it if you're a talker. But you being a talker, you're saying you had this wonderful experience. I'm definitely on board for trying it.
1: The actual outcome of the meditation, what happened during the meditations. I, I have actually described it to some friends specifically because I was almost positive what they were going to tell me in response. And like this one particular friend of mine that's a, now a resident of California where he was originally from. When I told him about my experience, he got, he got all bent over. He said, oh my God. You got to go to theta wave states without any drugs. Fuck you, man. I've always had to use drugs. <laughs> yeah. So is
0: this like simulating ayahuasca or what? I, yeah. It's nice. That's good because it, not. i going to throw up for a week. So that sounds it, like it, a much better option.
1: And it wasn't a simulation is, is, the, is the thing. Right, right. No, when I, I mean like the I same dis- experience. Yeah, when, the, I, when I described it to him, he went, oh, yeah, I've absolutely done that. After I've taken DMT. <laughs> but not by just sitting and fucking breathing. Right. I'm like, well, did you try that? He goes, oh, of course I tried.
0: Probably not for 10 days.
1: Yeah, I told him. I said, dude, I couldn't do it for the first three days. It didn't happen till the evening of the third day. Right. So I told him we should try it again. There's a bunch of places in California to go to. But the waiting list gets long. Yeah. So you got to get on the site and get your spot, kind of thing.
0: I will be looking into this. Cool. And then I will have my own experience to chat about.
1: Yeah, I got to say that uh, I get kind of excited when I see, think about certain people. That well, I don't. We don't have a, a lot of time on this podcast, right? L- you a can lot can talk of time. As
0: long as you want, it's your time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you talk all night. I'll make this into two episodes.
1: Okay i i'll i'll tell you that um my background my my young life is uh was really uh it was brutal on my way down to Vipassana, i told the three young men that i was in the car with when they said you're 60 years old and you're gonna do this I'm like yeah I'm, i want i i i want my life to be i want my life to be about growth i don't want my life to be about uh you know just augering in now what am i'm I'm just, I'm just supposed to stop breathing less because i'm 60 I, I want my life to be different not that i haven't enjoyed the life that i've had it's been a roller coaster ride and those are usually fun depends on your perspective but uh, i am a, a person who's in love with growing so I became aware that a lot of the things that happened to me when I was young caused me to have what m- most people, myself included, would be, would refer to as a suboptimal life because they so heavily influenced me as an adult. You know, it was like a, between the ages of one and seven, we're in our theta stages and we're just little recording machines. We record everything. So I told these young men, I said, my life has been about violence since I was four years old. I, I, I really want to see, is it possible to have a different experience? Yeah. And I've heard through different channels. I, I actually had a couple of friends that had already done this. And they were so excited mm-hmm. about telling me, God, Julia, you've got to do this, right? Neither one of them had had the kind of backgrounds that I had. So it was it was going to be a fascinating thing. Anyway, so uh getting rid of that violence, that that just natural tendency that I have to want to smack people around. <laughs> <clears throat> it was so it was it was like it was freeing in a way I can't describe. Yeah. You know, and I've done a lot of I told you the thing about when, oh, and I said, okay, I'm finishing my 60th time around the sun. Uh, I want to do some challenging things. And people are like, oh, you should jump out of an airplane. I'm like, I've done that. That's boring. Or you should, you know, climb a mountain. I'm like, I've done that. Blah, blah, blah. This was the most amazing thing to come out of this and feel different. Just yeah. not have my, ad- not that my adrenaline wasn't really pumping when I left. It was pumping. But Not have like this giant spike and then to actually have like, there's a, I'm looking for a phrase here, to actually have cellular change. That's what it really is. Change at a cellular level.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see a difference just from when you were talking to me in the driveway about before you went. Yeah. You know, you're still... Talkative, but your whole being is very centered and calm and in a very different place than you were before you left.
1: And I only got to go one time. I talk to people that go like every year. People, 10 days is their small course. Yeah. They have a 30 day course, a 60 oh day God. course and a days. 90 day course. What? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <sighs>
0: Wow, ninety
1: days. You have to qualify for that stuff. They yeah. they won't let just anybody go to the thirty day. You have to be like. I'd
0: imagine you have to do the ten days a couple times before you. Oh yeah,
1: many times yeah. before you get to do the the thirty day. Yeah. yeah. Because they, you know, this is not easy, not easy what they're talking about. Yeah. So, anyway, um. Yeah, the childhood thing. I it was it was it's been so freeing to be able to let all that stuff go that's amazing and I want I want especially for certain ones of my friends whose backgrounds I know I really want them to have this experience and and at the same time I'm perfectly okay if they never do if they choose not to do it I'm okay with that too whereas in the past I would have been intense right and chasing them down and saying no you gotta do this man you gotta do this no no they don't it's their life get to do whatever they want to do with it. Yeah.
0: It sounds like it was a, an extremely powerful experience for you.
1: Yeah. When I when I got back to work uh, and was super quiet for a couple of days. Quite a few people at work said, "Wow, that that really did do something to you." And then I think I I think it was like the next week or something like that. Um I came in and somebody said something to me and I was just like la da 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 and uh, <laughs> one of the Serious joke masters in the office says well the reverie of silence camp is over (laughs) the big butthead (laughs) I said it wasn't supposed to make me silent forever you know (laughs) this is the same guy that made me take a a personality test because he he said we really should have done this before you went to silence camp and then done it again to see what the outcome was and he made me take that test four times (laughs) because Uh, he couldn't believe the results of it he was like wait a minute that's not right because i came out as a um uh what's that i n i n f j and e n f j i kept falling right in the middle yeah Introvert, extrovert. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd take it one time when I was introvert and I'd take it the next time when I was f- extrovert. Yeah. So I was like 48 and 52 or 51 and 49. Right. Something like that. <laughs> right. So I took it four times and it was, it was coin flip each and every time. And he's, That's not right. I am like, why? Because you are just so sure I'm an extrovert. He's like, everybody on the planet is sure you're an extrovert. That's because he
0: doesn't understand what an extrovert is. <laughs> For those of you that don't know extrovert is not someone that's able to talk to someone and be okay talking with people out in public it's where you get your energy from so if you're getting your energy and being renewed by being around crowds then you're more of an extrovert if you are uh, renewed by just having smaller interactions and having some isolation then you are on the introversion scale so most people have a little bit of each but I'm kind of right in the middle there too. Most people would assume I am an extrovert because they don't understand the terms, but I am definitely more introvert side as far as where I get my energy and where I get exhausted, which yeah. is crowds.
1: Yeah. I think there's a little empath there too. Just a little. Where you, you know, you, you, you can sense what other people feel and
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's been more than one time where, where that's happened. where. I've been around some people and I've said to other people that I'm close to, hey, something's wrong with that person. They're not well. And they're like, how do you know? Did he tell you? Like, no. He doesn't have to tell me things for me to know. And sure enough, like a week later, we discovered they had a stroke or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have uh, we have senses that we don't really understand. I agree. I uh. I was just telling a story today about maybe one of those senses that we don't really understand, because occasionally my dreams come true. Actually,
0: well, if you we could have a dragon dream come true, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah,
1: that would really be cool. No dragon dreams have ever come true, but uh, I uh, uh, this has been like four or five years ago now. I have a friend who's a, who owns a very um, a big business, I'll say, in Seattle. Right, a popular business, and she's become nationally famous. And uh, I haven't been to they. They built a brand new facility. It's, I guess it's big and it's all cool and everything. They got some fancy awards from the state for being a green business because when they built their building, they took into consideration things like water retention and and uh, you know they they put it in a garden and blah, blah blah. Anyway, so I haven't been to this building at all. But and and I don't know. I probably don't know more than a quarter of her employees now because there's so many of them. But anyway, three nights in a row, a few Christmases ago, I had a dream that I was in a particular area in this building that I've never been in. And and I knew that it was her building. And um, because I don't know if she'd be okay with me telling this story, I'm just going to make things as generic as I possibly can. Um so uh, in my dream, I was witnessing a young man carry stuff out of the building. And uh, you know, he, he came in, gathered up a bunch of things, and then he walked out of the building. And then he came back in, he gathered up a bunch of things, and then he walked out of the building. The, on his third time going in, I went, hey man, you can't steal from... and so, I'm trying to come up with a good name, I'll, I'm gonna call it Goober Cookies. <laughs> You can't steal from Goober cookies. And he says, Yes, I can. I have a key. And he held up something that would have, in the olden days, in in days of yore, when you went to a hotel, they gave you a key card. Look, it was about the size of a credit card. and You know, it was white or something. It had the little magnetic strip thing in it, right? Yeah. And you you plugged it in and pulled it up. Plugged it in and pulled it up. So, um, he held up a white card that looked like a hotel key card. And that's what he said. He said, Yes, I can. I have a key. And I went, that's when I would wake up, you know, after he said that. Mm -hmm. So that happened literally the exact same dream, three nights in a row. And so I'm like, okay, I have to say something about this. Because there had been a different dream about uh, this same couple that had happened and, like, I think potentially saved a life. I'll tell you about that one in a minute. But, uh. So I, I call, because I, I know these these ladies are not the kind of people that are going to answer their phone. They don't do that. So I left a voicemail. Like, hey, um, I've been having these dreams. Somebody's stealing from Goober cookies. And uh, I just I just needed you to know that three nights in a row, exact same dr- th- dream. Somebody's stealing from you guys. I'm positive of it. you know. And then I, I didn't say anything more. It was on the voicemail. I let it go. So, um, uh the the one member of the couple, the one lady that is good about things like answering phone calls, eventually, she tells the other one who's pulling out of the out of the garage. Hey, Julia says, that somebody's stealing from Goober Cookies, and uh, so the one that's on driving down to Goober Cookies, and she lives like up here up north. They have a a palatial home that overlooks the water, right, <laughs> and then she commutes to seattle It takes her two and a half fucking hours yeah two and a half hours to commute to seattle anyway um but if you saw their home you would know why she commutes anyway so she's uh, two and a half hours in the car commuting to seattle the whole way down she's going julia says somebody's stealing from goober cookies she gets to her office she calls all of her managers in she calls the um accounting staff in she says ladies and gentlemen Um, you're going to drop everything you're doing right now and we're going to look for somebody. We're going to go over the books. We're going to look for missing things. We're going to figure out if somebody's stealing from Goober cookies. And the entire staff is like, it's three weeks before Christmas. Why would you do this and blah, blah, blah. And she says, hang on. Let me look. Picks up the name tag on her desk. Yes, I am the president. (laughs) That's why we're going to do this. So... So she did it, and 48 hours later, she called me, and she said, we found him. That's incredible. And I said, oh, my God, you found him. Yay! Was, so tell me, tell me what it, you know, what happened, what went down. And she told me the story about calling everybody in, and, and then she said, our newest employee had gotten a hold of a corporate credit card, and he was going to have a really nice Christmas. Wow. And I said, it was a credit card. That little white card he kept holding up, the key card. It was a credit card. She said, yep, it was a credit card. He'd been an employee less than two months. And I went, wow, that's so cool. And then she said, Julia, I want to ask you something. Can you can you describe him to me? And so I told her what I remembered of my dream. I said, he's about 5'10", probably weighs about 100, between 160 and 180 pounds, wears jeans and a polo shirt, Not the same color all the time, but you know, pull a shirt. His hair is not long, but it's not short. It's like down to his jawline. It's kind of wavy. It's dark, like brunette hair. He typically wears a ball cap. He's white. And I would put him at about like 29 years old, something like that. And she said, holy shit, you could have picked him out of a lineup. And I said, you caught him. (laughs) That's awesome. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And she wouldn't have if she wouldn't have listened to the
1: instinct to listen to you. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. The other story, really, the first one is actually probably more incredible because I had three dreams in a row where a um, member of the couple who will actually answer a telephone call, she was going to drive a bus, and the bus brakes went out, and she crashed and died in the bus. And uh, I had no idea, no, no reason to know this, but she was about, she was just about to start test driving buses. She was about to buy a small bus. And so when I called and said, uh, he had this dream that Groom Hilda was uh, going to test drive a bus. Or, or was going to drive a bus and the brakes went out. And so um, when uh, Gertrude heard that, Gertrude said, hey, check your, check the brakes on that bus before you test drive. Julia had this dream about. It. And so she did. And the, there was a, there was a leak in the brake line. On the bus you was about to drive.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. I was very grateful for that.
0: I'm glad they listened to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: it's easy to dismiss that kind of stuff.
1: It is if you don't have any experience with it. Yeah. But if you have experience with it, you, you tend to listen to it. It's so bizarre how that works but out. But did
0: Hilda and Gertrude have experience with that before? I think they had had experience with it. Or did they just trust
1: it. you? I think they had had experience with it before. I think they had. And I think that's why they trusted me. Because they'd had experience with it before. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've always, I've, and even my scientific engineering friends, occasionally I can get them to admit that some weird thing happened and that they sort of dismissed it for all sorts of other potential things. But they recognize that that was really weird. You know, that thing that just happened. That was really weird.
0: Well, make sure you call me if you have any weird dreams about me. You know I will. Because I'll listen. You know I will. You were going to say something about temperature before I cut you off a while back.
1: Oh. Uh,
0: your body was, you plummeted into coldness in your oh, 60s now. And this
1: actually kind of leads into how the um, uh, the changes have happened for me about, the you know, feeling better. Because um, I quit watching television. I don't watch television, so I haven't seen a commercial in like three years. And that's, uh, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't gone commercial free for a long, long time, you should do it. Those things are super fucking obnoxious. We don't even know how obnoxious they are. I had heard about all the subliminal shit in the commercials, and I didn't really believe it. I believe it now because life without commercials makes your life a lot happier and so a lot of people are like but you watch YouTube fuck yeah and I pay YouTube to not show me commercials and I'm perfectly happy with that because I don't watch television I don't watch television and I have to admit that I don't watch Netflix anymore I, I, I probably would watch Netflix if there was something on Netflix that I'm like crazy about seeing but I'm there's nothing really nothing HBO none of that not they had stuff on there that I got really excited about, and uh, and I watched for a while, but I it, it was after Mom died, and I was really just hiding from life. And as soon as I started getting over that, I, I started getting over Orange is the New Black, mm. you know. Anyway, um, so I pretty much only watch YouTube, and that has changed my entire. Freaking life.
0: What do you watch on YouTube, brother? That's just
1: it. I'm watching stuff that I never. Cat <laughs> hey, I'm not going to deny that occasionally I like a cat video.
0: I mean,
1: who doesn't? Who's not going to watch the video of the cat on the vacuum cleaner dressed as a shark tooling around in the kitchen? Exactly. That thing has like, I think, 20 million hits on it.
0: That's good for your mental health.
1: Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> You're you you you're watching the exact same thing that you've watched before and you're thinking to yourself, she sewed an outfit for her cat. <laughs> the cat let her put the outfit on Damn. him. The cat rides around on a Roomba. Yes. The dog is dressed like a shark and watching the whole time. This is ridiculous. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it's funny. But it's fun. So anyway, uh, yeah, I'll occasionally watch something like that. It's fairly rare though because I've so gotten into looking at all of this other stuff that I never would have watched if I was still watching television, like the TED Talks.
0: Oh, Ted, that's a whole rabbit hole. You can go down the TED Talk rabbit Jesus, hole.
1: Jesus, Jesus, the TED Talks. The stuff that they, they, the, I, I learned all kinds of stuff about astrology and all kinds of stuff about, this actually kind of started because, and I don't know that you know this, but I have a brain grenade. Did you know that?
0: Remember. Aneurysm? Yeah, I knew you I have an about, aneurysm, yeah. But, uh, I don't remember if we talked about that when you were here last. I feel like you did. That sounds vaguely familiar.
1: Yeah. So I, w- I was digging into it a little bit. You know, let me see what the neuroscientists and neurologists say.
2: Yeah.
1: Not the guys that I'm paying, because those guys will tell you whatever the fuck you want to hear, <laughs> right? But the guys that are doing it on the internet practically for free, let me see what they have to say. So I start digging around looking at that kind of stuff and it, it sort of popcorns off onto other things, right? And and I get all sorts of information about our mental health and about our physical health and blah, blah, blah. And so I ran across this guy named Hoff, Hoff, oh, Wim? Wim is his first name, W-I-M. Hoff is his last name, H-O-F. And it's this gentleman who he does world tours talking about this stuff i don't remember how old he was i think he was in his late 20s when his wife committed suicide yeah. and left him the single dad of six children or something like that and he went into a deep deep dark depression and it was just spiraling in and didn't know what he was going to do And you know he's fighting really hard to stay alive so that he could take care of his children and so on and so forth and he's as the name would uh lead you to believe scandinavian and he's He tells the story like this. I'm walking past a frozen lake and something compels me to jump in the water. He kicks a hole into the ice and he jumps in the water. And he comes out feeling incredibly invigorated. Wow. And he does it again and again and again. And he has probably one of the strongest endocrine systems on planet Earth. He's been tested by numerous scientists. He climbed Everest in shorts and boots, and that's it. Well, that
0: doesn't seem healthy. That doesn't seem. From everything seem... I've read about Everest.
1: Yeah, that doesn't seem real. That seems unreal. He holds the record for under ice swimming. The length so of.
0: So, polar bear plunges are good for you, is what you're saying.
1: Mm, I don't think I would say that because usually people do that polar bear plunge thing that's like one time and that's it, right? They just like build up to it and they're just fat ah, and that's it. Yeah. He He doesn't recommend that. He recommends that you make this kind of a lifestyle thing.
0: Is that why you were talking about taking cold showers when we cut yeah. out for a second there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've I've greatly reduced the temperature in the shower when I get in the shower, and it wasn't easy. There was a little screaming involved because I am <laughs> I'm a Panamanian man. I love hot. You no, know, the water. Have you have you ever been to some place where the water like you're at the ocean and the water is warm? Well,
0: I'm not really a of heat
1: so no yeah in the country of panama heat is you're you're considered a wimp if you can't step outside into 110 degrees and just oh. go yeah. Oh, yeah that just
0: hurts my feelings hearing that
1: yeah i'm not
0: I, about the wimp i mean just stepping out into the heat yeah
1: i'm not it's i'm okay with it either way but I, I will admit that sometimes I feel like my thermostat's a little bit weird now because I'll, I'll get chilled at odd times, and I'll want to throw on a sweater. And then I'll think about Wim, and I'll think, Wim would tell me not to do this. He would tell me not to throw on this sweater because it's better for me to be cold. It's healthier for hmm. me to be cold. He's a fascinating human. You should look him up. On uh, lo- lots. St- i got a lot of things
0: to look well, up until the next time we talk. You know. Yeah,
1: There's he's Wim Hof. HOF. Yeah. He, he was the first one to, to say that he thought we had DMT in our body, that we naturally make it. Have you heard of this? No. Yeah. There's a lot of evidence now that we have the capacity. If we're not polluted with alcohol or uh, um, uh, the Pesticides? Pre, pre, <laughs> pre-fabbed food, mm. if we're not polluted with that stuff, our bodies make DMT. It's the way that we do that thing about high high thresholds for pain. Hmm. It's through DMT. Okay. Yeah. How about that, huh?
0: I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I
1: There's did. A lot
0: of crap we put in our body that doesn't surprise
1: me. I did. I was like, "What? That's that's a crock." First time I heard that was on Joe Rogan, and I've specifically listened to that guy just so I can yell, "That's a crock!" <laughs> that's a awesome. lot of times. I must admit that I didn't really have much interest in the internet. I, I definitely didn't have any interest in Facebook. I wish that I had had some interest because it would have been so lovely for my mom to be able to be in contact with her Panama family before she passed away. But, um, yeah, so I had very little interest in that kind of stuff. And I, I rarely got on the internet for anything other than to write a thesis paper or or for work. That mm-hmm. was the only reason so I can't really say for sure what it was that drew me to start poking around on the internet, but I have learned so much. I, I guess I, I was one of those people that thought, this is just for videos of guys whacking themselves in the nads <laughs> with a baseball bat on accident. Well, there's plenty of that. Or uh, cats riding around on a Roomba or uh, you know the other thing which is just so wh- fucking horrific to say, which is porn, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is this is just for that kind of shit, and I don't want anything to do with it. And then, and I don't even know for sure when it happened, but I ran across some things that were more along the lines of educational, like and the TED talks. I guess yeah, probably probably the very first one was a TED talk. It had to do with education. And no,
0: you were talking about your uh, brain grenade, and you were looking
1: up. Yeah, but people. see, it was the TED talk that let me led me to the brain grenade. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Led me to. Well, if you can get this kind of stuff on the internet, maybe I could get some information about my, my brain aneurysm. So, um. I
0: assume they're saying they can't do anything surgical
1: about this, or what? You definitely could carve into there, and almost guaranteed to fuck something up really bad. Oh, great. Yeah, so they consider it, and I... Especially consider it inoperative. Okay. Because if you're gonna go, if there's a ninety percent chance you're gonna go in there and fuck something up, I don't want you going in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So ten uh, percent, <laughs> maybe not ninety percent.
1: Yeah. Not even ten percent. I really don't like the idea. So, um, so, so, uh, I'm I'm on there and I'm sort of just poking around at stuff, and then I find uh, I find information about like. Stuff that has always been that I knew nothing about, you know, like the the Roman philosopher, or the the ancient philosophers that were considered the Stoics, you know, the um, Marcus Aurelius, mm. the, one of the the greatest Roman emperors. Uh, he hired a guy to follow him around to remind him that he was only a man, so he, that he wouldn't, because absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. He hired somebody to, to help him not become an idiot.
0: I mean, this is not my ploy for you to start watching TV again, but Matt and I always say that, and you can sure find it on YouTube, about drunk history. Because there's no way that I have learned, I mean, I've learned so many things about history from drunk history, which is, if you've never seen it, have you seen it?
1: I'm just about to ask you, what the hell is Drunk History? So
0: Drunk History is on Comedy Central, and they have celebrities or comedians or actors or whoever um, get with the host, Derek Waters, um, and they get drunk, and then the guest tells a story about history. And they're amazing stories that, like, why didn't I know this about these really important people? I mean, there's just so many, but, like... For example, they were talking about the um, the Arkansas Seven, the the first kids that went to the segregated school after desegregation in Georgia, Alabama, wherever it was. I can't remember now. Alabama, That's terrible. I think so. Um, Alabama, but. I, th- I mean, I knew the story overview, but I did not know all the different details and everything about the, the human story of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's crazy is like, yeah, they get drunk and there's some funny moments because they do reenactments. So the, the actor's telling the story and then they have comedians or actors come on and do the reenactment with the voice of the person. So when they burp or swear or whatever, they still do it in the reenactment, which is really funny. But the bottom line is you're actually getting a real education about important shit.
1: Oh, my God. What a sneaky way to teach people about history.
0: amazing. If it didn't have drunkness, I would say teach it in high school. I don't
1: really care about the drunkness. I'm going to watch. Do you have to go to Comedy Central for that?
0: I mean, it airs on Comedy Central, so I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. I don't
1: know. Okay. I'll be looking for it for sure. Yeah,
0: it's fabulous. Sorry.
1: No, that's okay. Side track. I, don't don't get me wrong. I do watch like goofy shit as well. <laughs> my brother, he 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 sort of helps me stay away from stuff he knows will upset me. Not upset me like uh uh-huh, or like piss me off, right? Mm-hmm. Like for instance, a bunch of my friends were like, "You got to watch uh what the fuck is the show with the swords and the the dragons?" Game of Thrones. Uh, that's it. <laughs> You, you got to watch Game of Thrones. You're not watching Game of Thrones. You got to watch Game of Thrones. You'll love that. And my brother hears me say that so-and-so told me I got to watch Game of Thrones. He goes, he looks over at so-and-so and says, no, no, she, she doesn't have to watch Game of Thrones. And he's like, she'll like that. And James goes, she'll like some of it, but the sex stuff she will not like. And she'll be pissed at you that you suggested it. So I'm just going to tell you right now. And he's looking at me. You're going to end up fast forwarding through like 90% of that shit. Don't even bother. And I went, okay. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I
0: binged the entire first seven seasons so I could watch season eight just because it was a cultural reference.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, there is. Sex scenes, but that's not really what intrigued me about it. I'm not telling you to watch it. I'm was just it saying.
1: was it Swords and Dragons? Because you know, Swords and Dragons. I was. I'm, oh yeah, the drag I
0: definitely was watching for the dragons.
1: I'm a Tolkien freak. I yeah. love that shit. Right. Yeah.
0: The dragons. The were nakedness.
1: Great. And there's classic. a lot.
0: There was a lot of intrigue. I'll say the first, the first four seasons, were based on the books. The books didn't finish. He was supposed to have them finished by the time they were caught up. There,
1: and there he are didn't. books. I could bugs. read the books and yeah, it's
0: called *The Song of Ice and Fire*. And they so they had these books already established, so that material is very rich in intrigue and personal dynamics and politics, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's murder. Yes, there's um, there's sex, but honestly, it's less than I thought it would be.
1: Really? Yes, it, it's there. Is it, is but it, I don't
0: know you the way your brother knows you. It's to take his word for it,
1: but. Is it, is it as much as, uh, there's this other show that I absolutely love, and I know a lot of people can't believe how much I love it because of how much fucking sex <laughs> is in this show, but this, the humans in this show, they're just compelling. It's hard to turn yourself away from the show. And I think they've had like eight or nine seasons, and I'm still watching. It's called uh, Scoundrel, or uh, um, it starts with an S for sure. Um, Scoundrel-less, or something like that. It's about a family in South Chicago and the dad's a drunk and the kids are all survivors and they've had to, to, to kind of like raise themselves. I
0: know what show you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. People are throwing their phones right now because I can't remember. But yes. They're throwing <laughs> <laughs> Listening to this. It's this show. Yeah. Scandal? No. Uh, I know what show you're talking about though. Yeah. Damn it.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, and, I can and, totally picture it. And it's just. It's. <clears throat> it's a train wreck. The whole fucking thing is a train wreck, (laughs) but uh, I can't, I actually know a a few people that come from families like that. So it's, it's really, that's not my family by any means. You know, my family was a train wreck for sure, (laughs) but not a train wreck in any kind of entertainment manner. Right. Anyway. So, uh, so there's a lot of sex in that. And, and so quite a few people are shocked that I'm able to set through that, but it's about the humans and the the storyline for the humans.
0: I, that's what I think Game of Thrones is, but, I mean, everybody views it differently. Mm. I, I wanted to see the dragons. That's what drove me to watch it, besides it being a cultural reference and people talking about it. I'm like, well, now I need to see it because everybody's talking about it. So I binged the whole, and then Matt binged the whole first seven seasons so we could watch the last season together.
1: I might well, do that.
0: People are very complaining because it's over. The show's over now. Yeah. And people complained a lot about, about the, the ending season. about the especially ending especially the eighth season how are you
1: gonna do anything to be like you nobody would be satisfied with the eighth season exactly i i watched that one show i'd never seen before uh um, the one called lost about the island the mm. people on the island i never seen any of them and there were several seasons yeah. and i've been binge watched all uh, the whole season and i was gonna binge watch the very last one and a friend of mine said, don't do that. You're going to be really disappointed. And just take those, like, one spoonful at a time, like cod liver oil, because when you get to the end, you're going to really be pissed off. And I just looked at him and said, hey, thanks for spoiling the end for me. And he goes, no, I didn't. I I helped cushion you, because you're going to be disappointed. And I just went, we'll see. We'll see. Fuck, I was disappointed. Jesus, I couldn't believe how I bad I mean, was that's
0: me. a pretty tired trope. I didn't watch the show, but I know how it ends. And yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean... You can't have a spoiler alert at this point. It's been out for a long time, but yeah. it was all a dream is yeah. kind of bullshit at yeah. this
1: point. But. They're exhausted. How much uh, How much creativity can you have around something like that? I mean, they were literally exhausted. Then there would have been people that were upset no matter what. If a spaceship had yeah. come down and picked them up, people would have been like, bullshit! Yeah. You know, so, anyway. Well, the dragons were fun, anyway. You'd
0: like the dragons.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize how big time I was... And why don't okay. I realize that? Something just popped into my head. Of course I fucking think dragons are awesome. You know, I didn't move to Seattle till I was five. And I believe that the very, like, one of my very first experiences in Seattle, certainly for one of my very first memories in Seattle, was Chinese New Year's. We yeah. lived right above the international district. We literally lived within a block or two blocks of the international district.
0: Right here, we had a little interruption, so uh, we started on another conversation and then come back to the International District.
1: There's a scene in that movie that I... That, get that like, in Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, that I... That like, the minute I saw that scene, it explained a lot of shit in my life. Because since I was little, little, little... Oh, shit, I forgot to bring... I was going to bring you guys a couple of programs from the birthday party, because there's a picture on the... I'm bringing them to you next time. There's a picture on the front of the program that just totally explains my relationship with my family, especially my mom. You know, it's it's there. We're all seated on top of this brand new Mustang, uh, sixty-five Mustang, like less than two hundred miles on it. My mom looking like a movie star. My sister looking like uh, uh, something out of a, a magazine. My little cousin same thing. And then there's me. <laughs> I look like I just rolled out from underneath that car. Mom used to call me el payaso which is Spanish for the clown, right? So all of my life, I've been the, the funny one, right? She would look at me and she'd go, go ahead and say something funny, Julita. Like, kind of in a sad thing. I know you think you're funny, Julita, but I do not. Think you're funny. <laughs> so so it's a it's a thing, right? You know, and, and so in that movie, there's this scene where Forrest Whitaker is introducing, um, Uh, Robin Williams to someone, I can't remember, and Forrest said, uh, this is him, this is him, this is our funny man, our funny man. And he looks at Robin and he goes, say something funny. And Robin goes, hello, how do you do? (laughs) You can't do that kind of thing spontaneously, right? So when she asked me, will you come and talk on the podcast? I went, what the fuck would I talk about? And she went, oh, that's hilarious. Because I, I, it it's it seems kind of weird and odd. I mean, I've tell I've been telling you guys these stories for decades, but I, it's not like it was ever rehearsed or on cue. Yeah, well,
0: that's the whole thing. It's not supposed to be rehearsed. It's supposed to be natural.
1: Say say something funny. Hello, how are you? <laughs> like
0: I've been on podcast with her. Okay. I just sit there and talk to her like like, like mom.
1: mom. like mom.
0: No, just like talking. That's cool. Yeah, uh, this is
1: more editing I have to do, so
0: alright, I'm Should out. fly. Love ya. Bye. Love you bye. Love you too. <laughs> so you used to live above the international district.
1: Yeah, we lived in Yesler. We lived beach. in Yesler Terrace. <laughs> so okay. it was like a block above the international district. I had never in my life seen a parade. It was Chinese New Year. What do they have? A parade. What's in their parade? Dragons. A dragon? That's so weird. It just like just now it popped into my head. Why do you love dragons so much? Because of the Chinese New Year's dragon. It was so exciting. I And here's a fun thing for you. I love dragons. I was five. We, we just moved here. I love dragons. But when the torchlight parade came around and the seafare pirates came out, I did not fucking like pirates.
0: <laughs> what do dragons have to do with pirates?
1: I don't know. <sighs> I just know that when I saw the dragon, I liked the dragon. The dragon oh, was when exciting. When you were five, you didn't yeah. like the pirates. I see. When I was five, I liked the dragon. The The dragon was, I I mean, I I. I know there were men under there moving the dragon all yeah. around, but I wasn't afraid of the dragon. The dragon brought me joy. On the other hand, the seafare parade comes along, right? Torchlight parade comes along, and here come the pirates. And my mom says, your face did this thing like you were sucking on a lemon where your face got all, all, you know, squished down and you said, I don't like you. And the pirate guy, I guess, felt challenged by that and he comes over and he starts drawing on the concrete in front of my feet, right? He's like, oh, she's a tough one or something. I can't, obviously, I can't remember, but he had the big saber thing, you know, he's sliding it all around and I'm going you're bad you're a bad person and i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> they're they're a little group of them were like gathered up going I wonder what her problem is I'm just like mom's like julia stop that <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea i just know i didn't like pirates
0: okay we're gonna cut this talk off for now this is going to be the end of part one of our talk with julia If you'd like to come back the next week, I know you'll find her talk just as fascinating as I do. We continue to talk about all kinds of things in the next part. If you have any questions or comments on this, please find us on Twitter at SomedayDeadPC. You can email me at SomedayDeadPC at gmail.com. Please, if you can, take the time to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so others can find it. And for now, watch out for pirates and wait for part two, because someday we'll all be dead.